Carson Orcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm terrific. I knew and you were going to say have... terrific, so I didn't go there. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, have, I have something humorous Ooh. that I need to play for you, and hopefully this will be something we can hear. So now I got to give you the background. Is it <laughs> it's a, a Clarendon commercial, commercial. <laughs> with the and most wonderful time of the year? Exactly. It was so, so. One of our listeners actually sent that to me. That is really funny. And because they heard us talking about how much we were enjoying the weather. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, has Marissa heard this? Like, I said, I don't even know what commercial you're talking about. So they sent me a text with the link to the commercial. Oh, that's so funny. At first, I thought that, when I heard the music, at first, I thought you, you know, you were preparing for a Leon day. Because no. <laughs> we're, we've entered June. It is now June 1st. The it is June, When this podcast yes. comes out. And that means Leon day is a few weeks away. Um, Just a few weeks away. You know, yeah. halfway to Christmas. But no, see, we're actually inching closer to my favorite day, which is the summer solstice. Um, oh, yes. Because it's the longest day of the right? year. And I really appreciate that. It's your most wonderful time it of the year. my most wonderful time. It really, <laughs> truly is. Well, that's good. So anyways, that was just a little humorous thing there to pop in there. And so hopefully we won't get in trouble with any... um. This is Copyright not sponsored for, by Claritin. It's not sponsored by Claritin. And hopefully we won't get into any copyright issues. <laughs> but anyways, well, Engineer Tim will tell us that. So um, today's post, um, it was a really serious one for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if it comes across that much in what I was writing. You would know better than anybody else. But mm -hmm. so I was really troubled by a, an organization um, that I've worked with that just, it's stuck. And while other organizations are thriving, this one is just stuck. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the problem with the organization lies in uh, the, the, a, a series of questions that every leader, that every follower asks the leader. And the questions are these. When, the, you know, when, when a follower is trying to decide who to lead, they want to know these. The, the answer has to be yes to all three of these. Do they care for me? Can they help me? And can I trust them? And if the answer is no to any one of those, the organization is not going to thrive. It's not going to function. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, so if, if a person doesn't feel that their leader cares, number one, and what, is it, what does that mean to care? Um, do they really value me? as a human being and do they understand my hopes, my dreams, and my beliefs? And are they trying to help me achieve my hopes, my dreams, and my beliefs? And, and one of the things that was very, very interesting to me, and I don't know if I've ever shared this on a podcast, I've shared it in a class. I may have never told you this. So um, when I was, I had the privilege of going to uh Palm Beach to be trained by 
one of the Maxwell Company's corporate trainers, and there was a small group of us in a room. It's actually the same group that I meet with some of the the folks um, that I meet with for my every other Thursday night mastermind. We mm-hmm. we kind of met that time at, around a table, and one of the questions that the trainer asked, he was teaching us on the twenty one irrefutable laws of leadership, and he said, "I want you to think of two people that you work with the closest." And then he said, now I want you to write down their hopes, their dreams, and their beliefs. And I thought of you and one Mm -hmm. other coworker, and I couldn't answer those three questions. I knew what what you liked. Mm -hmm. I I knew a little bit about your family. I had met your husband. But did I know your hopes, your dreams, and your beliefs? The answer was no. And then he said, if you're trying to lead a person, and again, none of these, you know, you and the other person were not my direct reports by any means, but even how, do you, how can you truly be a friend? How can you truly interact with somebody if you don't know their hopes, their dreams, and their beliefs? Mm-hmm. And that, so that really spoke to me. And so I've really taken that to heart, um, that leaders, we need to take the time to know the hopes, the dreams, and the beliefs. And if we don't, we just simply don't care about our people. Yeah. I- and it's not that Go ahead. I, I just, I think that's, that's so impactful and so important when you think about, when you think about what organizations really are. Yes, you, you make things or you provide services, uh, but you can't do any of that without a team of people. And when you right. lead from a place of, you know, people first, yep. instead of, you know, profits first or whatever yes. else you could put first, um, I think that's where where a competitive advantage lies. And it is a huge competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. If you lead your organization with people first, your organization will thrive. Mm -hmm. You will get the best and the brightest. And I guarantee your organization will thrive. Mm -hmm. But if you don't put people first, you'll fail. And, and what, so one of the things I put in my post today was, you know, so let's say a person answers no to one of those questions. Do they care for me? Can they help me? Can I trust them? Um, the best news for the organization is that they leave. Mm-hmm. The best news for the person is that they leave. If, if we can't change the, the leader, if the leader's just going to be a boss and not a true leader, then the best thing is for the person to leave. Um, the worst case scenario for the organization is if the person doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. because that means they're just taking up a spot and not really contributing. Mm-hmm. They're going through the motions to do just enough to not get fired. Right. And that's why the organization doesn't thrive. And that doesn't feel good either. No. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Hey, I've been there uh-huh. working in an organization and just gone through the motions. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Everybody loses. So then the second one is, can they help me? So, you know, yes, we care. Yes, we're going to be engaged. Yes, we know our people's hopes, dreams, and beliefs. But can, can I help them? And the reality there is if I'm not growing intentionally daily as a leader, I can't help them because I can't give what I don't have. Mm-hmm. And that's people have heard me say that on this podcast for now almost five years. You know, that's been one of my, the mantras that I keep saying. You can't give what you don't have. So you gotta, you're supposed to be a river, not a reservoir. So you've got to be able to keep adding to yourself, growing and developing so you have something to give. And then the last one is, can they trust me? Mm-hmm. And it's, 
this one, and I, and I put a, a note in here, on, or I, I wrote it in the post. Um, before you dismiss the question, say, I got this. Remember, it's not what you think that matters. And I have to say that I know of a fact there were times in my leadership when people didn't feel they could trust me. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's, and it wasn't that I was intentionally being untrustworthy. It wasn't that I was trying to be deceptive. I wasn't doing the things that build trust, that continue to add to trust. Um, you know, somebody one time said, and it's in the post, that, you know, leaders, um, when, you're, when you build trust, it's like putting change in your pocket. Because you're going to have times when there's going to be a withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And if you're not putting change in your pocket, you can get overdrawn real quick. And when you get overdrawn, you're bankrupt in your leadership. And there's nobody that's going to follow you then. Yeah. So I, so I think one of these keys is, you know, how do we build trust? Mm-hmm. And, you know, from your perspective, how, how critical do you think that, that trust piece is? I think, I, I think this is one of those things that I've just learned more and more over the years. Um, you know, when you're, when you're young and new to your career, like, yeah, 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 trust. Like, I'm trustworthy. I need, I need to be trustworthy and I need to trust. You, I, don't think you, I don't think you can really understand it until you've experienced it, until you've yes. experienced trusting someone else and, mm-hmm. and then also experienced being trusted. And yes. I think when, when that's there, I mean, that's the foundation for me. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think you and I talk about this a lot, uh, you know, on and, and off the podcast, but um, this isn't just at work, right? This is in French, right. in any relationship. Yes. And it really does have to go two ways. And I think when it's, when it's there, it leaves so much room for, for other things, mm-hmm. it, you know, mentally oh, and, and, you know, just when you know that if you, you can go on vacation and your team has it together, right? Yes. You don't have to worry oh, yeah. about yep. coming back with, to, to a, a, you know, quote mess or, right. um, or that, you know, you're feeling guilty because you're not there. I mean, that's trust in action. Yes. Um, when you can, you know, send an email to someone and knowing that it, whatever action needs to be taken is going to be taken, that frees up your mental capacity to do other things. Instead right. of worrying about, do I need to follow up? Do I need to keep this in my mental space? Um, yes. And I think when, when you're fostering trust in an organization, it grows because, yes. you know, you, it's, it feels like it's part of the culture. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And and I and I love how you said when trust is there, it it opens you either said it opens a lot of things up or it frees a lot of things up. Mm-hmm. And and I know how much of my emotions get sucked into situations where there's low trust. Mm-hmm. You know, where I just become very anxious mm-hmm. and and I'm worrying compared to when I'm in a relationship where there is high trust, it's so freeing. And it allows us to be creative. It allows us to, to truly leverage the giftedness of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when you were talking about being able to go on vacation, so, you know, God willing, the last week of this month, I'm on vacation again. And last year was the first time I ever did it 
but I literally shut down my email notifications. Mm-hmm. I was very proud of you and will and continue to be very proud of you. <laughs> yeah. And the nice part is we have a team where I don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I, and it's just, it's, and I've never, I, I, I need to be honest that I've done such a poor job of building teams in the past that I've never felt I could do that. Mm-hmm. But I work with such a great group of people now that, I know that whatever happens, if they needed me, they'd they'd get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. But if not, they'd cover. Mm-hmm. They'd answer the questions. They'd say we can't get you an answer till whatever. And that's really what it's all about. That's what this what trust and 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 the other part of this trust thing is. So when I have a problem, when I have a burden, when I am concerned, and I go to my boss, how are they going to receive me? Are they going to be looking at it from the standpoint of what's best for Dave? Or what's best for the company, mm-hmm. or what? Worse yet, what's best for them as an indi- for them as the person, the 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 leader. Too often, the leader's like, "Well, this is going to really screw up my life." Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, that's called being a leader. And the, and somebody's going to say, "Wait, you're talking about that we're not supposed to be watching out for the company?" No, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when people come to you, your first responsibility is to them as a person. Mm-hmm. And if the it, because living that out, number one is the right way to do it as a leader. Number two, it's what's best for the organization because everybody else sees that, and you want the best and the brightest to be committed to you. Yeah, and that's the only way to gain commitment. And I think too, using like using the word trust as part of your conversation. I I, I can think of uh, you know bosses and leaders that I have either worked for or been around over the years. And I observe a difference in the way they speak. So I can give you an example of, you know, when uh, you're going on vacation or where someone's got something that they're working on and, and their leader says, I trust you with this. I trust that you'll make the best decision. Yep. And you walk away feeling like, great, I can yes. move forward and, and make the best decisions for this project and know that I am supported in that. Yep. And then I've experienced the opposite where it's like, you need to run everything by me or, right. you know, you don't know what you're doing. So don't, it's like, well, how does that feel? If, if, if my boss doesn't think I know what I'm doing, well, then what, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? You know? And it's, right. a, and then you, you feel very different. You feel like you are, on pins and needles all the time yes. because the trust isn't there versus feeling that empowerment. And I, I can't remember who it was, but I was recently, I think I was, you know, I think I was reading, it was in the, one of our, it was in one of Macme's magazine issues and it might've been the most recent one. And, and I should know because I, <laughs> I produce them all, but there are 10 of them now. And you know I've, it better than anybody else. And I've lost track of time. And I think it was the most recent one where we were talking to Knowles and there was something in there that really stuck with me about empowering your employees with trust and kind of providing that lens, like here's how we make decisions or here's Mm -hmm. what is important on XYZ project. And I trust that you can operate that lens when you're making decisions. That's great. And it might not always be the best decision. We're not making decisions with 100% accuracy all the time. Mm-hmm. But if right. but if you put it through that lens, then then that's 
what you, you know, that's what I expect you to do. Yeah. Yep. And I will support you whether that is a good decision or a bad decision because you put it through the process. That's great. That's great. And, and you know, the, uh, the, uh, the other thing when you talked about, you know, the boss that says, um, they, they may not get to the point where they say, I don't trust you, but they say, you just, you just need to run all of this past me. Mm-hmm. Well, run what past you? Like everything? Yeah, right. I, I just need to see everything. Well, that really is, a, is an indicator that that leader doesn't trust people. Mm-hmm. And that's, that becomes a serious thing because people who are very, very capable mm-hmm. will not want to work in that environment. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not the same thing as a boss that says, hey, th- I really need to see this before it goes out. Right. Okay, that happens. Right. Or you're you know, or you're new things... to, you're new to this. Let me check it over the or, first few times exactly. and right. And you're building right. trust. Exactly. I I, you know. I remember when before you started at Macney and you came on team, you know, a few months ahead to work on Live to Lead. And right. I remember you were very nervous about kind of turning over this really important event <laughs> to I was. Our team, I think I was like, you know, what was I, 25 years old or something. And, you know, I think you probably were like, oh, I don't know. These people don't know. <laughs> I've never worked with these people before. I don't know. And I remember I looked at you. I, I think I pulled you aside after the meeting and I said, you can trust me. I will, I will do this, you know, the way that you want it done. Yeah. And I think I saw your shoulders relax. <laughs> I mean, I really yeah, specifically you know, remember this. And then I remember, you know, being very, I took that responsibility with me. Right. You, you know, you were on our board. Like I, I knew who you were and I wasn't going to let you down. I knew how high I, stakes this was for you and yeah. I wanted you to trust me. You know, it was our first live to lead. It was my first experience putting my name mm-hmm. out there. Not. You know, when I trained for MACNY, I'm a MACNY trainer, I'm a MACNY trainer. But the first live, first live to Lead, we used the Navigate Leadership logo as well, which mm-hmm. is my my coaching company that I had branded. And uh, yeah, and I remember that now. It, it's, I had forgotten about it till you reminded me, you know, and yeah, you did say, you just said, I won't let you down. This will be okay. Because mm-hmm. I was stressed. Oh, man, was I stressed. <laughs> and that, you know, hey, that was over six years ago. That'll be seven years this October Yeah, when we run our... our seventh live to lead which is super cool and and you know and and so i trusted you not knowing you very well mm-hmm. but you earned more trust mm-hmm. to the point that when i know you always send me an email with something that you've edited yeah. i'm gonna be honest with you i don't read them i know you don't that's it's just i did that's the first my, few right that's just my process yeah, yeah. i did the first few and then I thought, I don't need to read this. Mm-hmm. She's got this. Mm-hmm. Just and I, and there was it was interesting. Um, I I said the same thing to Marissa Beck, mm-hmm. where she said, "Do you want to see this it, with newsletter stuff? Do you want to see this?" I said, "No, I trust you. Mm-hmm. You know, you folks know my thoughts. You know how I think. You know what how I write. I'm good." And that's that's what happens when there's trust. When there isn't, oh my goodness, everything stops. And that's kind of what what I think is happening with this one organization. Um, there are four things that a leader needs to think about. I just want to do this in closing. Um, the the four cores to credibility. 
because, and this isn't just a leader, for any of us, these are the four things that we need to think about with credibility. Number one is integrity. Are you congruent? Do you do what you say you're going to do? Like, is there this, this congruency in what you say and how you act? Mm-hmm. The second one is intent. And, and this one is sometimes totally missed by a lot of people. You know, what's your agenda? What happens is motive, it's the why that motivates the what. Agenda, it's the what you intend to do based on your motive. And behavior is the manifestation of your motive and your agenda. That's all intent. Mm -hmm. What are you behaving like you really want to do? Are you behaving like you talked about when, when a leader extends you trust and how it makes you feel? That's the intent piece. Am I, am I really intending to show trust or am I, am I giving it lip service and it, but then my behaviors, I, I was actually talking with, um, with somebody recently and they said that one of the struggles they have is that they have a supervisor. The words that they say are great, but the tone of voice and their body language isn't an agreement with what the words are. Mm-hmm. Mm. That means their intent is not, ac- is not in line with what they're trying to say. Then capabilities, are you relevant? You know, do you, can you do something? Do you have this capability? Um, you know, uh, your talents, your attitudes, your skills, your knowledge, your style, you know, are those things things that really build confidence and build trust in people that are, are um, that you're asking to, to follow you? or that once that you're trying to influence. And then lastly, your results, what's your track record? And, and there's such a difference between activities and results. An activity is I called the customer. A result is I made the sale. Mm-hmm. You know, I took a class versus I learned something. Um, I tried versus I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got to be a person that's delivered the results. You, you, you know, you asked me to trust you with Live to Lead, and I did, and the results were outstanding. Hmm. So, great. Whatever Marissa says in terms of an event like that or putting on something, I go with it because the results are there. If it would have been a bunch of lip service and you would have said, no, we got this. We got this. We got this. And I got there and it was a mess. Mm-mm. There would be no more trust. Mm-hmm. So circling back, you know, to my, the organization that's really struggling, they're struggling because I don't believe the leader has manifested to the team that they care for the people. They can help the people. And certainly I know that the people don't trust them. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, an organization fails. The good news for the organization is there's only one person that really needs to change. And that's the leader. Mm -hmm. And if they do change, the team will change or they'll attract a better team. Did we miss anything? I think this was, this was a really good refresher and, um, I think the only the only thing that also comes to mind for me is again it kind of comes back to a lot of the things we talked about but expectations and yes you know yes it, it, coming back to what I said about you know using trust in in conversation actually using the word do that with your expectations lay them out yes 
what is the phrase that we, that you? One of my new favorite yes. phrases: unspoken expectations are planned disappointments. Right. It's much easier to deliver to, to discuss expectations than to have a conversation about things not going the way you had expected. Right. Exactly. And I couldn't have said it better. I think it's one of those empowering moments too to say, "Hey, like." Here's what I'm expecting. Like, how great is that to, to have the opportunity to say, like, this is what I'd like to see at, at the end of the project or the event or whatever. And then right. and feel like, OK, we've agreed. We're on the same page. Things aren't just yep. living in my head. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Very good. So. Plans for the weekend. Hmm. I am working on, I'm going to sound like you, I'm working on my deck. <laughs> ha ha, yes you are. <laughs> and I'm also, you know, doing a bunch of yard work, but yes. All right. That's, uh, and what about you? I think you're done with your deck for now. I, I'm done with stage one of the deck. Okay. So I am not working on the deck. Um, God willing, I'm going to pull my old boat out and start freshening her up for summer. That's exciting. So she needs a little bit of varnish. She needs a little bit of paint. Mm -hmm. She needs a little bit of love. Mm -hmm. um, but as I'm recording this, my family's going to be traveling this weekend. So I will be all alone, just me and my old friend, which will be great. Good. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. This was The Next Page. <laughs> <laughs>